0: Hindu, mm. There's some breaking news that's coming out of uh, Nigeria this morning.
1: Indeed, INEC has um, announced this morning that uh, Bolaji Tinubu, who was the APC candidate in this year's presidential election, has uh, won the vote, or rather has won the election with a percentage of 36.61. All right. So what are we looking at in terms of a threshold? Mm. You must have won um, 50 percent. Then you must have then won 25 percent in two thirds of every state. It is a federal system. So we're looking at 25 percent in two thirds of the 36 states. Right. So the numbers that we're looking at now from a registered vote of 87 million um, from a population of 200 million 87 million having registered to vote. We're looking at Bolaji Tinubu having garnered 8,794 Thousand seven hundred twenty-six votes. Um, Atiku Abubakar, who, interestingly enough, has run in every election since the end of <laughs> military rule in Nigeria, now comes in second place according to this, with six million nine hundred eighty-four thousand five hundred twenty votes. Newcomer from the Labour Party, Peter Obi, is in third place um, according to these results. According to INEC results. According to INEC results.
0: Mm. Don't say these results. It may sound like they are just some fake results. But I started. Somewhere. I
1: led with INEC. No? Did I not lead with INEC? still the did. same thank we you did. so now we're at six million with OB okay. six million one hundred and one thousand five hundred and thirty three that gives him 25.4 percent now Rabiu Kwan Kwaso was in at one million four hundred and ninety six thousand six hundred and eighty seven that was six point two three percent the interesting thing now is that they've done with the remaining eight candidates they've grouped them all as others
0: others have Others a combined, 1 a million.
1: combined vote of 648,474.
0: The number four candidate has a million. The number three candidate has six million. Indeed. The number two candidate has seven. Mm. Number one has eight.
1: Yeah. Now, these Where? are the discrepancies that many of the parties, the 11 parties, apart from APC, the which others. is the, the others, mm. the 11 other political parties apart from the <laughs> All People's Congress of, of Nigeria, mm. which is the um, party that uh, Bolaji Tinubu ran under, which is also the um, party of outgoing president Mohamedou Buhari Every other party complains about INEC's fault, uh, rather false INEC for a number of election malpractices. One of them being extensive and deeply entrenched vote rigging. Another is in the technology used to operate the election that it failed from the very beginning and that at some point there was no public, um, uh, placement of votes. There was no public placement of results, and it was difficult to be able to track. There was also severe manipulation of the votes. So we saw quite a number of examples of ballot papers and collective papers from constituency polling cent from you know, polling centres. Um, uh, Uh, many wards having then been manipulated by hand and there were very very many examples of this. Um, How is it possible for example that in Lagos, one of the questions that has been sent out, how is it possible that in Lagos which was the home which is the stomping ground of Balaji Tinubu Mm. um, former governor of Lagos that um, Peter Obi won the vote in Lagos Um, by a slim margin but all the same won the vote vote. melting pot of nigeria another state would be plateau state which is the middle belt of nigeria again peter Obi won the vote there and the question is how did this not then topple the apple carts uh, in terms of numbers because we're looking at high high numbers in terms of votes and population as well as um Electoral activity has always been high um, historically in these two states of Lagos and Plateau. So, those are some of the questions that are being asked right now. Mm. All political parties, save for APC, are rejecting the results of this. So, even PDP, by PDP is
0: rejecting the results. PDP
1: is rejecting the results. And what
0: are their reasons? What are the grounds that PDP is using? PDP One, is the party that PDP was in the, power before Muhammadu Buddha Buhari.
1: PDP is the party upon which um, Goodluck Jonathan came into power. Mm-hmm. Atiku Abubakar, interestingly enough, previously was an apc um, member and then moved to pdp mm. which is where he thought that he would then be able to you know win the vote unfortunately sixth time not quite the charm um for him um but he also felt that this was very difficult in the stomping ground of um um muhammadu buhari which is buare mm. atiku abubakar won with a landslide and so these are some of the questions that he was asking as well, that why is it that he seemed to have gotten the, um, he seemed to have been the darling of the populace when it came to a vote, but then was not able to garner this, you know, in some other areas where he felt as though he had received quite <laughs> some, um, um, or he, he had received quite some admiration. Did from the, voters the, that that the voters do
0: that thing? the voters do? Because even look at the Labour Party candidate. Uh, what's his name again? Peter Obi. Peter Obi. So, Obi, all the chatter on social media, even what we were ob- observing from here, just seeing Obi and then called it Obi stands.
1: We are obedient. We uh, are uh,
0: obedient. Mm. And you're just seeing the vibe of Peter Obi. And then comes to the vote and this seems to have happened. This
1: is very interesting that Could you see Could the voters
0: have done that thing?
1: This is very interesting that you well, say because that. Because this election in the history of Nigeria, has been the highest registered for election ever. It is also the election that has seen the highest number of young people registered to vote. Highest. We're talking about almost 50% of registered voters were young people. Okay. Okay. So the question is, if these people had formed the major part of the ob movement Mm. what happened when people actually got to the ballot which is now why people are questioning what Mm. happened at polling stations we saw some of the violence that took place uh, (laughs) at polling units in some parts especially again look at the the states that we're talking about lagos 10% of Nigeria's population is domiciled resident in Lagos. Mm. So the question is, why has this happened in the manner in which it has happened? And so this is the question. Did people enjoin themselves in the electoral euphoria of uh, registering to vote and go along with this imagined new Nigeria that could have been if Obi had been declared winner? And then when it actually came to putting the man in Assault Rock by virtue of voting did that actually happen were they stopped from doing it because of this violence that we saw or were the stories that we heard the rumors of people actually being stopped to vote in strongholds then actually true and these are the issues now that these parties are bringing before INEC today and the office of festus okoye felix okoye hmm. and to say Oga, Chairman, you have to look at this thing again answer this question it does not make sense hmm. to us but are we seeing the repetitive nature which we see mirrored in many parts of the continent mm. the question is in the electoral euphoria during registration and during the campaigns we think and dream of a new Nigeria but when you have to actually do the thing of going and putting your finger in the ink do you see the relation between your action and somebody else being in Aso Rock? And so that's the question that's being asked. Or do we actually see a manipulation of the vote and INEC not having taken its responsibility when it comes to delivering a free and fair election? This is the question that is being asked today. And it didn't take long for those questions to be asked. When we started to see the signs a couple of days ago, the question was, will INEC deliver this thing? Will we see um, a new Nigeria in, 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 in the offing? Because historically... This is the most different election. Even when we're moving from military rule in 1999 to civilian rule with Olusegun Obasanjo, did we see that there would have been difference in numbers? No, this one we have seen. Highest number of registered voters. Highest number of registered youth voters. A movement that swept across the country in the north and in the south, which we know has previously been polarised because of historical indifferences. But today the question continues to be which we're looking for and chasing after a certain kind of democracy do the people actually understand what the power of the vote actually means and actually physically coming out so those are the questions that are being asked what is going to happen over the next few hours mm. in terms of the demands that these political parties are being now are making of INEC will be very interesting to see In terms of who will reject and who will accept what. But we know already that the 11 other political parties have said an absolute no. This election was a sham and they're not going to allow the results as they currently stand. 8 million votes, you said? 8 million votes is what? Uh, Registered voters were what? 87 million? 87 million.
0: million. Okay. This 8 million is 32% of the voter turnout. Turnout, yes. Okay. That means we're talking about what? Uh, About 32 million.
2: People who turned up to vote. Out of yes. eighty
1: seven registered, yeah. I'm um,
2: looking at the arithmetic. Uh. The majority of the people who actually voted did not vote for this person. Mm-hmm. So he's he's one with a minority vote, not a majority vote. Mm-hmm. Now, if the votes of people who voted for the other eleven candidates is representative, then you this man is gonna have a very a very, very difficult presidency. If indeed you will have a presidency, it'll be an extremely difficult presidency. Mm. Yes
0: because of the because of the 32 percent margin that he of of votes that he got you're
2: talking about 67 percent of people who did not who did not endorse you who did not think that you are the person who should lead them Mm. yes and if it's represented in the states that are in Nigeria, and given how powerful governors are in this in the country of Nigeria, and given their political system, this president is going to be exceedingly difficult for.
0: But is it any different from the previous president, presidents? If you look at Muhammadu Buhari and the kind of margin that he won, he won with, did he win with a higher percentage of the vote?
1: No, also, did um, yes.
0: Good Luck Jonathan win with a higher percentage of the vote?
1: Interestingly enough, Good Luck Jonathan's first term mm came as a result of the fact that president yaradua died in yaradua office died, yes. now his second term he actually did have the backing of the people it was interesting to see that they said look this man has started something let us see where he's let's, going to let's, go. let's, let's remember the bone finish. of contention that many nigerians have with muhammadu buhari today is that the gains that good luck jonathan had made towards the end that they had all seemed to be Pulled out from the root and tossed, and that was the problem. That we finally saw that we were actually getting somewhere, mm. and the, the the bone of contention that many have with him is that look, what happened when you took over? You you were a military president. So Buhari was a military order. president. Mm. People expected that you come into a civilian rule kind, rule of government and we expect that you would bring that same kind of order along lines, whether we're looking at fiscal policy, whether we're looking at development agenda, whether we're looking at alternative rules, um, routes towards the ruling of the economy. It didn't matter what it was, but that there was this expectation that you would take something from root and grow it. And that is a disappointment that many people were met by. We saw during the reign of um, during the administration of Buhari that the brain drain that happened in Nigeria in the 70s and 80s replicated itself almost sixfold under Buhari's administration. One million eight hundred and ninety six thousand seven hundred and forty two passports were were made for Nigerians to leave Nigeria between the years of 2020 and 2022. What are we talking about? People wanted to go. The situation had become dire.
0: And yet, Ndu, if you talk about all those things, so look at Good Luck Jonathan. So he's gotten a mandate, a fresh mandate to rule the country in an election. By the end of that term, people were so unhappy with him and his party that they actually voted for a different candidate in a different party, right? Say something. This time, eh, Muhammadu Buhari is leaving office. 32% of the voters who turned up to vote have actually voted for the candidate of Muhammadu Buhari's party.
1: According to Wainek.
0: According to... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> according to the official election results that have been announced by the official elections body in Nigeria, Aine, this is what has happened. So what does that say about the dissatisfaction of the... Ma- okay, yes, there's 67% of the people who voted for the other parties, but none of them could gather a, a majority that's larger than APCs.
1: Now, the question you're asking, the man in which you're asking... The, previous, is the, time, question-
0: the previous time, mm. the candidate, Muhammadu Buhari, of a different political party, gathered sufficient majority and sufficient people around him to actually defeat the ruling party
1: we must understand the role that uh, uh that hope plays from one administration to the next mm. we we cannot run away from that that if i mean look look at what has happened Uh, in other countries whereby you have an outgoing president and you think oh my goodness things are so actually so terrible and your hope then rests on an option for somebody who's been at the reins before and you think that okay here is an opportunity for you to do something with this so you often find that people vote with hope in mind Hmm. and that could be the explainer for the reason why Buhari was brought in because people said this man has been here before he has seen the progression of this country from military rule to civilian rule and he sees where we are today the hope was that we will keep going and we'll keep rising in terms of the rungs of development okay now it didn't matter who was there before it matters where you're going
0: it matters where you're going but also you look at where you're coming from if you're very very happy with the current president and you're very happy with the current administration by this political party then you will go for
1: but but look at but look at political habits you would but look you at would electoral, go, look you'd at go electoral. with hope,
0: you'd go with hope because you feel that this one we are so we are doing okay. Mm. so hope we, we, we want do better. yeah, we can do better exactly. with the same. yeah we can do better with the same. So you go for continuity. Mm. If people are going for change, it tells you something about their satisfaction with the status quo. Mm. They want to change the status quo. They wanted to change the status quo from the uh, good Jonathan party and leadership. And they wanted this new guy from this different party to try him out with the hope that this one would be better.
1: But look at history. Even look at the times before Christ. Mm. Isn't it that when we, had we known we would have stayed in Egypt kind of thing, <laughs> that what we had with us at that time, when we complained about it, we actually did not know that it was better than what was coming that we actually thought that the situation in which we're going to get into was actually going to be better and then when you get there and the expectation lay heavy on the shoulders of the one that was coming in because you hope that they would see again hope that they would see and say okay maybe we can actually get better Mm. only for things to get detrimentally worse yes that's the thing that unfortunately hope then does not prescribe a reality. Hope prescribes the ideal. The reality is something totally different. We cannot run away also th- from the health challenges that uh, Buhari faced in the, first year of his pres- in the first four years of his presidency. Mm. The second term is when you started to see that he got his health back. Many said that in the first four years of Buhari's presidency, he just was not present because unfortunately he was not well. He started to get better towards the end and voila, we are in 2023 and it is over many would say okay maybe that's the reason why but the truth of the matter is that things got detrimentally and i'm being nice Mm. detrimentally worse with the economy over time debt through the roof poverty index sinking lower than it has ever been before fiscal policy out the window i mean how many things do we do we need to we talked about an energy situation that was already bad and then it went from worse to even worse so these are the things that we are looking at and many factors could be blamed for that but then again people were saying at this time february 2023 can we then get an option where it's going to take us out of that pit which we currently are what was the slogan for many people niger it cannot get any worse hmm. it cannot get any worse but for many today the cry is that it has got to get worse
2: you know what is of interest huh hmm. as you speak, speaking i'm thinking of kenya and i'm looking at how the repealing of section 2a in 1991 at a Kanu meeting in kasarani ushered in what we refer to now as a multi-party era and it also introduced something very interesting mm. presidential term limits mm. it ushered if you look at the time president moe after that declaration had two terms as president mm. and if you look at the votes that he got we didn't have all these fancy two-thirds blah blah it was a yes a simple majority Okay, Mm. you'd be hard-pressed to find a time when the president won in any of those two terms with more than 40%. Okay, but you see, I'm more concerned about what the president did because it's what I find interesting. We entered a new era of cooperation where yes, there were other parties, but you would find the president incorporating people from other political parties into his government. Now, what did this thing usher in the year 2000? A commission that was set up to bring about what we had been debating for the longest time called a new constitution. People forget it's more you at least have that commission and with Yashpal Gai at the helm. What am I saying? Change sometimes comes in the most unusual of ways. And every country has patterns and processes that they go through. Now in Nigeria, with that population, what is the population of Nigeria? 200 how many? 198 million. Uh-huh. Mm. Those are many people. It is. There are very, very many people. Mm. But, You see, these processes may not necessarily take the direction that you think they will take. But so long as you have a process where there is a check and balance, and when you're saying there are 11 candidates, and you're saying that people are protesting, it's a process I'm talking about. Mm. This is the good thing which previously had not been there with the military rule we now have it now you may have electoral commission that has issues similar to the one we have in kenya but the fact again that we are talking about it and the issues which are being spoken of and we are saying go to court those are actually good things even when you have a court that people disagree with it, that's fine it is okay you have a court they have a mandate even as they issue their pronouncements they are also being judged these processes in terms of how the country grows in understanding the sort of democracy that works for them is a very good thing. Because they're working out their own democratic processes, perhaps not with fear and trembling. In this case, it's a lot of hunger and tribulation. Mm. But it is the process of working things out. So it is not all bad. Mm. No. There's hope.
1: hope.
0: hope. What you're saying is what you see here, you're seeing a country that is moving.
2: I am seeing the country moving and in my mind, they're Mm. moving in the right direction. Mm. Because... In the time of military rule, if such a thing were to happen, would you talk about it? What? Would you discuss it? Say what? Uh, <laughs> precise. No, you wouldn't even... Look, it wouldn't no, even happen. Let's
1: be honest that you wouldn't even be able to think about it. Yes. That when an election took place and you went to vote, but they, you didn't even see your vote anywhere, yes. that the assumption was that, you know, you just carry on. The same Muhammad Bahari that we're talking about. Yes. That was president. Mm. So... Um, I I understand what you're saying, that the progression of whatever prescribed or self-defined democracy that we're talking about is actually to be seen here. Because again, what are we looking at? That during this election, between Saturday and yesterday, we saw people and when i say actively mm. actively involved in the process asking questions in a manner in which would never have been asked before um that uh, nigerians then being in you know we talk make noise mm. but now being actively involved in the process actually turning out turning up and mm. asking questions interrogating a system being bold enough to speak directly to to felix okoye and say Oga what's happening what's happening hmm. you see How things that would never have happened before
0: something to be said though about the turnout so 80 million how many 87 million registered voters. 87 million registered voters this is the highest number
1: Historical of registered voters okay ever. previously there were what 70 million or so. no 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 uh, the, the number that was given before this was 56 now if i can just stop you there just, just 56, to give, million. 56 million mm. you know why there's also the argument here that's coming from other quarters that there was a lot of attention that was paid to registration of your pvc okay personal voter card mm-hmm. get your pvc get get your pvc get your pvc so it almost became a mantra get your pvc okay so now you have your it's PVC. like
0: your voter's card
1: it is your voter's card that's what right it is. Mm-hmm. so now you have your pvc there was no attention as part okay now turn you out to it,
0: vote use your pvc <laughs> to actually so the conversation stopped started and stopped at get because the thing is get your get it your voters to card. translate
1: now that you have your voters card, we have can you get the people
0: Catholic. onto the Thank you the, very the much. So stations. I
1: see the progression that we're talking about. Mm. So now that you understand your role in this thing,
0: so you almost like uh, increase the voter turnout by thirty million people. Yes. For this election, now if you look at the voter, voter turnout registration. In the previous, uh, voter registration, yes, voter turnout. If we look at if eight point seven is thirty two percent, it means. That the voter turnout was what in the ranges? It of less than,
2: it's less than fifty percent. Less than fifty percent.
0: Okay, yeah. in the last election of twenty nineteen, Muhammadu Buhari won with fifty six percent, but the voter turnout then was thirty five point six mm. percent. In twenty fifteen, when he won the first term, the voter turnout was forty four percent. So you can imagine, there is always less than fifty percent
1: of the folks who've who have registered that. actually, actually
0: turn 14. out to vote. Mm it's a conversation that ought to happen here why would you have such a huge number of people who are registered
1: to vote not turning up to vote for me and, and how I'm, what does it then do to the winning candidate absolutely and for me that is the conversation that needs to happen because how does you registering translate into putting your preferred candidate for example in Asorok? rock that's the question that you can shout there can be campaigns there are millions of naira that have been spent mm-hmm. to get people to actually register mm-hmm to be able to, to, to vote mm. young people between the ages of 18 and 30 registering people coming back from the diaspora to, country, to, to the to country, register to, to, to register yes. but then what does it mean here and i think this is the kind of um voter education it may sound so basic like who wouldn't understand that that you've registered but actually come out on the day mm. we had people who were uh, even diaspora voting we had people who would be on social media talking up a storm who who represented a large majority? of people who talked about the process but are not involved in the process mm. and i think that is actually what needs to happen across board so what are we talking about you register but are you in, you're are not actually involved are you
0: actually involved in, the, you actually involved in, in turning out so involved.
1: then do you reserve the right to complain about the individual then that has been put in office mm. whether it is inex official result, whether it is your perceived result do you reserve the right to complain if you registered but you didn't turn up
0: if you did de- or if you're a candidate, you actually were not able to mobilize your supporters to become voters. Where is a gap? Mm. Because very many of the people that we we're talking about, very many youthful people registered to vote. Very many of these youthful work uh, people, even working those in the class. diaspora, working class, were going for the Labour Party candidate, you know, appear to be like the bastion of the support for the Labour Party candidate. Did they turn out to vote? Did they? And what happened? Mm. This is a conversation to have. Nasser Lalji is (laughs) saying, you guys, uh, is there any one country in Africa where this Western style of elections work? The debate should be on whether the process is necessary. Look at the wastage of public resources and the results are always challenged. For that matter, it's not even working in the US. The style of voting and all, is it about time that we looked at it as well? Actually... So this was is saying, let's take a mm break. When you come back, we'll discuss that. mm -hmm. This is the Situation Room the only way to start your day area which went into elections on saturday is that the electoral commission what is a full wait is independent,
1: there independent nigeria is there Electoral Commission. Electoral Commission, <laughs> <has electro> commission <laughs> inside. I beg. My head is already paid
0: It's gone like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, INEC Nigeria is the Independent National, national. Electoral Commission. Well,
1: you know, it was not Na- Nigeria. It was <laughs> national. Thank you. The Independent
0: yeah. National Electoral commission, commission of yes. Nigeria yes. has declared that uh, Bola Tinubu.
1: Bola G. Tinubu. Is the
0: president elect, yes, having garnered 8.79 million votes, that is 36 percent of the votes cast. Uh. Atiku Abubakar, the perennial number two,
1: (laughs) the perennial, what did he get? Um, so he got 6,100,000 votes. Mm And uh, he was followed closely by Peter Obi, who garnered, just a minute, I'll give you that number, it's also 6 million, just upwards of 6 million votes. The next, which was Rubio Kwan Kawaso, which was a northern candidate, also... Um, garnered 1.4 million votes and all the others garnered 1.4, rather all the others Mm. garnered under 700,000 votes.
0: Okay, so the thing here is that uh, the winner gets 36% of the votes cast, the second person gets 29%, third person gets 25%. The registered voters are 80 million plus. Those that have turned out to vote are clearly going to be about, um, if less than 40 40 million. So, less than 50% of people who are registered to vote actually turned out to vote. Mm. And this is a conversation. In Kenya, we've been talking about this on this uh, show that eight million registered voters did not turn up to vote last year in August. And we ask ourselves, what does that necessarily mean? I mean, Mm. out of the 24 million registered voters, a third did not turn out to vote, 30%. Here, it's more than 50% Mm. of registered voters do not turn out to vote in an election
2: what does it tell you should it mean something not only should it it does Mm -hmm. see the 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 process of human interactions are in essence a data gathering process Mm -hmm. when you have an electoral process such as this one here uh, this is in response to what one Mr. Lalji asked oh yes it's necessary it tells you more than you perhaps want to know we wouldn't be having this discussion about the process that we can see of voter apathy if the voting had not taken place the fact that you have 11 candidates who actually feel that they could be president tells you something the fact that people won in certain areas and there's the debate of but this was so and so stronghold how did so and so get to lead it raises sort of questions which if you look at in detail mm. should provide answers as to why certain things happen the way they do because who voted there why did they vote you are going to now start having a discussion about voter dem- uh, demographics if the youth comprise 50% of the voters in this country. And you are saying there is this apathy. So, who actually voted? Mm. And what do they represent? So, this president who got these votes, what demographic voted for him in a, uh, as a majority? All these things are important because this is how you get to understand yourselves as a country and how it is that your people respond to things. If people felt that registering for the election was good enough, okay, mm. And after that, they did not need to vote. And you look at these details, it will tell you. If somebody is genuinely popular, people like them. But somewhere along the line, they don't think that they want to vote. Now, mm. either they actually vote for someone else or they don't vote at all. It also tells you something else. Th- there is nothing that has hap- that happens in any electoral process that doesn't tell you. Tell you something. It tells you something. And it's a question of whether you have the patience and the time to understand mm. what it is that you're being told and what it is you're going to do about it. Should Votata not be included in a a threshold? You see, for example, in
0: Nigeria, what is the threshold? We don't have the 50% plus one as a threshold in Nigeria. No,
1: you have the 25% of two thirds of the
0: 25% of two thirds of how many states? 36. Of 36 states. Yes, so you're looking at 24 states. You must have 25% in at least 24 24 states. Yes. To be declared. And then you have the simple majority of the votes you are declared winner. And this is what has happened to Bolaji Tinubu, mm-hmm. right? In Kenya, it's 25% in at least half of the 47 counties. That is just a smaller side of the threshold. The bigger side of the threshold is 50% of the votes cast plus one vote. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you must have the majority yes, of do. votes cast, mm-hmm. not just a simple majority mm-hmm. among all the candidates. No, no, no. And that's a huge threshold. It is. Now, should another threshold be added? of looking at this election shall be declared valid if x percentage of registered voters turn out
2: to vote actually you i mean your point is precisely it should you then say for instance that if we go below a certain threshold we repeat the election yeah it means that there's something about this election and it's not going to represent what we want it will not provide us with the leadership that we need because for you to have mandate it means a certain number of people that overwhelmingly feel you should lead them and if the majority overwhelmingly don't vote then are they saying you shouldn't lead them <laughs> exactly it's because
1: there's so many things that are nuanced or otherwise that are mm. coming out of this based on what you're saying yes. that if you had an overwhelming number of people who had registered to vote and for one reason or another we can throw in apathy we can throw in some violence here and there as we well we can throw in violence mm. that violence that may because on the precipice of fear prohibited people from voting mm. then you can say okay is that a factor is that a factor strong enough to say okay then can we look at this thing again because if a million people did not vote because they heard there was fracas mm. in a couple of other polling stations is that a valid enough reason to say hold on we need to look at this thing again so who were then the perpetrators of this violence can we look at this thing one two three so i actually think those are the kinds of conversations that we can have we need to graduate this conversation beyond okay people voted they didn't sh- uh, people registered they didn't show up no 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 what are the what is what is the underbelly what of else this thing? is what there else is there that you can then use and say why do we always have this problem because i bet you doesn't matter where you look. Look across the board. It has happened in Kenya. Mm. It's happening in Nigeria. It happened in Senegal. It'll happen in Namibia, for all we know. That only a certain number of people who registered actually turn up and vote. Are we looking at the reasons as to why? And then how well are we dealing with those matters? Should we look at a different kind of system mm. that can be cocooned in all of this and say, no, this is actually working better?
0: To ensure the will of the people. I'm increasingly moving towards that thinking. We talk about free fair, credible, verifiable election. Mm -hmm. So we have all definitions of what is free, what is fair, what is verifiable, what is credible. Can we actually look at if the state is functioning well and the people are all in agreement that this system works for us, this system that we're calling democracy, whatever we are calling, this system works for us, this system that says that we shall elect our leaders. If people believe that the system works for them, then they will turn up to vote, right? Mm -hmm. So one of the thresholds should be to know that people actually agree with the system. Number one is whether people agree with the system. Have they registered to vote those that are eligible to vote? Or is it automatically registered uh, eligible to vote as long as you are of above adult age? Okay. Now, those ones that are eligible to vote, do they turn up to vote? If a certain threshold does not turn up to vote, then it tells you something about the system. It's wrong. And the state should mm. step back and ask themselves, what are people saying about this system if they don't want to participate in the most basic part thing about the system which is electing their leaders what are they saying so that should be the number one thing ibc should just be looking or inec or whichever electoral body look at these are the registered voters these ones stand up to vote okay we've passed the threshold ladies and gentlemen now we are going to start counting who has won the 25% threshold blah 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 who has gotten the 50% plus one blah 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 if that the first one does not pass. Forget an election. There was no election. People mm. are not. People are not um, in touch with this thing. Mm. They don't approve of it.
2: That thinking in my mind is progressive because if you can't pause and understand why it is the very people you are purporting to want to lead are actually speaking to you and you are not hearing. When people don't vote, they are speaking. When because essentially they do not see the need. For whatever reason mm. all these campaigns and all the money that is spent represents the attempts people make to get people to understand that not only should they vote for them but they should also vote okay but before that they tell you registers so that you can vote yeah. they do all that and then they don't vote so this is the thing what does that mean that it's exactly. a big thing so this is why i actually agree
1: with what Nasser said here mm-hmm. because look at the um look at the Registration exercise that took place for about one and a half years towards the election in Mm -hmm. Nigeria. It became PVC register, register. I next spent billions to get people to come out of their whatever and register. Come and register. Get your card. Do your thing. People went on personal campaigns. Corporates went on campaigns to get people because they understood the power that a vote actually wields for the for the individual. Mm so then it only makes sense that if this um this if this process that you spent blood sweat and tears to actually get 87 million people to finally register then over 50 percent of them do not come out, do to, not come out to vote <laughs> doesn't it only make sense that you want to ask yourself okay why
0: where is the disconnect? And is the it is disconnect? so soon afterwards. I mean, so soon. we're not talking about registration that was taking place in 2012. No, 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 no And no, no, an no, election no. in 2023.
1: People were registering for P- PVC until the 14th of February. Yeah. So what are we saying? Then that process that you've spent all this time, then they actually don't. Then what is <laughs> the, your job? On the day of voting,
0: more than half.
1: More than half of all those people who did this thing for the last 365 days until our ears were tired. Kay. Why didn't they vote? And you're not asking yourself. It doesn't bother you. Your own is just to come and announce results, mm. pack your load and all your papers, burn them, close the office and go. Until ah, next no, time. No. Until next time. Mm. No, it, it's, we, we we must be able to do better than that.
2: Consider the efforts were rewarded. They got many people to actually register, isn't it? Mm. So what else could they have done to get people to actually vote?
1: Now, this is the thing that I'm saying. Your job as the election commission is not just to get people to register you're supposed to carry out an election right and the people who help you to see the results of this election is this population of people who are registering now the people who are giving you the fuel to move this car are not coming out how don't okay. you ask how don't All you right. better ask the question okay.
2: well, why don't we go with Lal, uh, lalji's question mm. and ask remember a while back i was talking about the limited uh, instant runoff and the voting system of uh, limited preferential voting that we, we see in Papua New Guinea. Mm-hmm. Okay, if individuals do not have the time or the notion to vote, should we allow communal voting? Meaning, you want you vote, you represent yes, your estate, your yes. family, yeah, your and the process by which you represent so your clan. So, me when I arrive,
1: you know, umekuja I'm umekuja representing umekuja that, street,
2: that, street, that street I live in, yes, full, full. yes. that sort of voting. If you look at how people determine which city to hold the Olympics in, it is similar. Mm. It's not as though all the countries go to vote. No, no, no. There are people who actually go and represent that particular region, isn't it? If you look at the electoral system that the Americas have, there is what they call the what? The The, the delegates. Yes. Uh Okay. Now, if you look at that particular system, again, it's representation.
1: Oh, the college votes. The yes, college the college
2: votes. Vote. Yeah, yeah. The college vote It yeah. is representation. Yeah. And there is a popular vote and there's this. Yeah. There are ways in which you can actually have that representation. Now, there'll be arguments against it and say, you know this thing this college I think this is pre rigged because people go and vote in large numbers vote. and you know the guy yes. you know
1: eric is the guy who is voting for so you, this one already knows wait oh, wait about? this
2: one is even more interesting there's call is waiting. They yeah. Waited yeah. it's waiting the waited yes. votes. yes so there are some places where the, this person represents more votes than the other person yeah. Yeah. I, I mean there's all this discussions corruption <laughs> <laughs> it this just shows the diversity of (laughs) systems which exist
1: if it happened here it would be labeled as corruption
2: so now of course if we did that Eh, eh, it would be corruption of course now what i'm saying is those are debates that ought to be had because the opportunity is rife we have an opportunity for this system to actually be examined and to say look folks this thing this thing of ours yeah there's a way there's a way in which it's not working for us perhaps we ought to consider including something else mm-hmm.
0: it should be looked at and actually i move the, the the burden ndu from the electoral body mm-hmm. and i move it to the state as a system as all well, at that in in its entirety the state of nigeria has a responsibility to its citizens. It has a responsibility to ensure that everything is aligned so that this citizen exercises their democratic right and will to vote, right? So if you look back and you ask, so if INEC spent so much money and they got in the collaborators and, uh, you know, other stakeholders to come in the corporate sector, political players the political parties were all involved in making sure that get people get their voters cards what is it that made the people feel so mm-hmm. about just turning up one day to vote just one day what is it is it that they feel that it doesn't really matter what i do i mean yeah i got my voters card yeah, yeah yeah but then i've looked at those candidates i've looked at all of them how many 11 of them and i'm like mm-hmm. ah see those are the None questions that ought to be asked is it that they felt that they polling station was too far or the voting day is the day that i'm usually very very no. busy that's the day i do my shopping errands and i, I don't have enough time yeah. what is it is it do i do they need more days it the state should ensure yeah. that they understand what this means and exactly. that's why i say if a voter turnout gets below a certain threshold cancel Cancel it
1: cancel it and let's start again ask a question absolutely because there's this whole thing that the responsibility of delivery because look let's let's be honest what is it when you go to the vote you're delivering a government yep you coalesce with others in the country who come out to vote you are delivering a government you're delivering a new administration that's what you do by the power of your vote whether you want to call it ideal or otherwise Hmm. oftentimes the responsibility of that is put on the next person by you you say ah it's okay even if i don't vote today uh Somebody else will vote. See, they'll go and vote. Yeah. Somebody else will go vote. And I think that's the problem. We do not realize the weight of our responsibility when it comes to delivering governments. So even move all these things that everybody's talking about free and fair election whether people rigged and then they should unrig it and let's put that aside for a minute mm-hmm. does everybody who bears responsibility of holding a pvc in their hand i'm just going to call it a voter's card whatever yep. it is realize just how weighty that thing is that it is you then who goes from this level to the next and i think that is the conversation that we need to be having yeah We cannot come and be complaining 44%, 35%, 32%. Then we come to 32% again in 2023. And you're asking yourself the same question. And you've been operating in the same way. And then you expect that everybody now, 100%, of the people who've registered will come and vote. It cannot happen. People, the likes of Ambassador Koki Muli... Mm i have been calling for this kind of education mm-hmm. and i think it is something that needs to happen far and wide that i agree that states because if you look at nigeria the federal system and how it's built up you have the state government so you have the governors the demigods that city likes to refer to them as mm-hmm. and then you have your overall federal government mm-hmm. the federal government has left the administration of duty to states go ahead and do your thing revenue etc etc but there's still the overall responsibility of making sure the country as one runs and i think this lies directly under the ambit of the federal government that you must understand look here guys we have INEC who needs to deliver um, elections and sort out boundary issues for us however do we understand our responsibility yeah but then again there's so many things that need to be tinkered with before you get a sense of that kind of responsibility the question will be Boga you have to
0: start from far because if people understand the power of the vote i mean if people are very uh, directly in touch with the power of the vote it means that even when they are feeling that the government is not serving them then they know that this is how i'm going to change the government
1: exactly i put <laughs> that you this here. is how
0: i'm going to remove the government exactly. and law. i one.
1: pay you I if they feel there.
0: that the system as, as a whole is not working, then this is how ah, I'm going to change the system. I can overhaul the system. Let's look at some of these comments. Andrew is actually saying, okay, so let's even look back at uh, at Kenya, all right? Yeah. President William Ruto was declared winner after garnering 50% plus, was it 8,000 votes? Or mm-hmm. was it something, right? Million, million. Blah, blah. Eight plus, eight, no, 50% plus. No, percent the plus, plus. What's a, the plus, Aha. The margin was something above the 50%. Yes but then was it That's the because been asked. the number of eligible voters who did not even register as voters yes. should also count here yes he says 40 percent of the eligible 18 year old plus kenyans failed to show up right yes they did those that were targeted the six million that were targeted by abc uh, to register as voters only two million turned up to vote yep four right? million did not four million did not those kenyans in the diaspora who were also eligible to actually register as voters did not end up registering as voters and uh, many who re- were registered voters did not end up voting because of you know all these logistics and all so if we can say count all that andrew says actually the winning candidate in kenya got 30% support from all eligible voters.
2: Yes. Mm.
0: In that case. Yes. Now then we ask ourselves again, okay, so. Mandate? Is that, is that sufficient mandate? If we ask ourselves the deeper questions, it is, is that a sufficient discussion, mandate. But
2: just so that we get a perspective, eh, mm. uh, there are countries that uh, uh, would top that list when it comes to voter turnout. Nigeria isn't doing too badly. Mm. If I'm looking at the list of the top 10 countries with the lowest voter turnout, okay? Mm. okay? Haiti uh, lowest they ever had was 2015 17.8 percent. Afghanistan 19. Algeria 23. Benin 27 percent. Egypt 29 percent in 20, uh, 2020. Jordan 29 percent the same year. Venezuela same. Hmm. Romania Nigeria we know where we are microasia as opposed to now the other countries where you find they are in the 90 percentile mm. okay you start with rwanda 98.15 percent. laos mm. 98 singapore vietnam but the point is the percentages that we are given tell you about those who turned out to vote vis-a-vis those who registered Okay. Yeah. Now, is that the whole story? The answer is in all these cases, it is not Mm-mm. the whole story. Mm-mm. Whether it is those who had the highest turnout or those who had the lowest, it is not the whole story. Now, unless you understand the whole story and you consider the impact that that dynamism has mm-hmm. on what you're calling the outcome of the election, then very many elections that we talk about end up with a presidency that has more questions being asked than their answers, which can be easily provided. Can be provided.
1: Yes. And the thing is that as soon as then a uh, uh, president has been, I'm sure, go to INEC offices in Abuja today, people are clearing, sweeping, packing they're everything, to go to court, they're done. To the check, yeah. yeah, they're done. Because they feel that the process ends delivered. as soon as you have declared a winner. Mm. And, they're actually, done. and actually the process and actually has only has just, just begun. begun
2: Yes, because there will be another election. Yes, mm-hmm. there will. So, what do you learn from What this did you e- learn from this, this election that would enable you to have to a better outcome one. in the next one? Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Alex Owiti says Democracy is a fallacy in Africa. Politics is a game for the aristocrats, those who live in an illusion of owning democracy. The choir stopped Kitambo.
1: Mm-hmm. Kitambo.
0: We are suffering from the negative effects of neocolonialism. Eh, Alex. <laughs> okay. Right. How about that? You made it to the end of today's podcast. You clearly ooze stamina. Guess what? Just hit subscribe at Standard Media Podcast, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts from. Our podcasts drop daily. From me and the team, catch you next time. Bye bye.